Hello, and welcome to Weekly Wholesome Words with Pastor Josh Grilecki of Twin Cities Grace Fellowship. Join Pastor Josh each week as he gives further insight into God's Word. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this broadcast and this episode of Weekly Wholesome Words. This is part four of the issue of the eyes of our understanding. In this short episode, I want to take a look at the essential nature of the eyes of our understanding. In fact, when you look at the last word of that overall expression, the eyes of our understanding, the word understanding, that's an important feature to this whole thing. Understanding aids and embeds and guides us in regards to these eyes. They're the eyes of our understanding. They're the overall and general feature of everything that we do in regards to God's plan and purpose. It's with these eyes that we see everything and everything therefore has its purpose. When you think again about your physical eyes, you're always looking and you're seeing things through a certain perspective. You're seeing things that are raw, that are material, um, that, that move and that are stagnant. Um, that have color. Well, when you talk about the eyes of our understanding, we are gaining, not only are these eyes opening up, and not only do we have them, but they're eyes of our understanding. And we are to understand some things regarding God our Heavenly Father and His plan and purpose. And His plan and purpose and understanding it is going to be the behind everything that we do. When you think about a business and you think about their ultimate goal and objective, whether that's um, a profitable business, profitable business, and they're looking to make money, every decision that they make, every employee that they hire, every business venture they get into is geared towards that end. They have specific eyes. And the eyes of, of what they're doing in their business is and, and what they want their employees to understand is that the goal of this business is to make money. Well, when you translate that concept, that's what we're talking about. We're, we're, we're talking about the, the issue of God's goal, aim, and objective. And it's one thing to know it. It's one thing to have a knowledge of it. But it's another thing of understanding it. And understanding how everything that we do is geared towards this end. And therefore we need to not only, one, see God's goal, aim, and objective with these eyes. And and we could really call them the eyes of faith. But that's only partial not only are we looking at these things that we cannot see but what we also have to realize is that they're the eyes of our understanding we need to grasp this information for what it is what it's supposed to do and the again the what's behind everything that God's going to do and everything in which we're going to participate with him in his business so that we would be like-minded 
in regards to his goal, aim, and objective. If we don't see his goal, if we don't see his purpose and his plan and the ultimate objective to what God is doing, then we are going to be found as one kicking against what he is doing. We're going to be found as though a, a, a weak link in the chain. And God wants us to line up with his plan and purpose, his will, as it were. And we need to be able to see this with the eyes of our understanding. They need to be enlightened. We need to walk by faith, not by sight. And therefore, it's through these eyes that we continually should look through and we should perpetually have enlightened and have uh, and, and from that live now in regards to what we're supposed to understand regarding god's business as we left off last week we started to look at romans chapter 8 and the things that are a part of the eyes of our understanding the eyes of and, and their specific eyes in contrast to our physical eyes because the things that paul's setting forth in romans 8 are things that we do not see and God, our Heavenly Father, really gets that underway. There's many things he says prior to this that can fall under the category of the eyes of our understanding. But really, they would fall more under the category of the eyes of faith, looking at these things and seeing things um, from faith's uh, eye. However, when you're talking about understanding, you're getting into the purpose. You're getting into the goal, aim, and objective And the purpose was stated prior to Romans 8 and verse 16 and onward. But it wasn't dealt with in great detail. In fact, all the other detail given prior to this is leading up so that your eyes, the eyes of your understanding, can be enlightened for the very first time. In fact, look at this real quick with me. Look at... um, Galatians, Galatians chapter 4. Uh, we've looked at other passages regarding the eyes of our understanding. Well, when you talk about the issue of edification as well and the, the sense and sequence, the milk to meat, there's also the issue of being a babe in Christ to being perfect, to being spiritually mature. And the Galatians, they fell victim to those who came in and put themselves under the law. And when you put yourself under the law, you are unable and you not only are victimized, but you, um, you leave yourself and really disable yourself and leave yourself without any ability to obtain to, to benefit or to go after God's goals, aims, and objectives. And the Galatians fell victim to the bewitching of those who came in and put them under the law. When you get to Galatians chapter 4, Paul talks about what he's going to have to do to basically restore them. Look at verse 19 of Galatians 4. My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. And then he goes on and talks about his, his voice. But notice the expression, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. The, the issue of 
of being an instructor in Christ, which he also says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, right after chapter 3, when he talks about the issue of being babes in Christ. The issue of being instructed in Christ is the issue of having Christ formed in you, the issue of who you are in Christ, your identity. That information is found in Romans 5, 6, 7, and, and, and even part of 8. And what the Galatians, as well as the Corinthians, failed to do is operate upon that foundation, operate upon who God's made them to be in Christ. And Paul's coming along saying, he's basically got to rehash all that information. And what should have taken place in regards to their the eyes of our understanding, if they would have had, if, if they would have walked in line and saw what God wanted them to see and not been bewitched by things contrary to what God has taught them, then they would have never went after the law. The Corinthians would have never went after the world. Instead, they would have been going after God's plan and purpose because they would have had understanding. And when you have the understanding, it works as so many things. It works as persuasion. It works as hope. It works as comfort. It is the underlining feature of almost everything in the scriptures when you come to understand it that produces an effectual working of those things to a nth degree and the galatians paul had to travail in birth again until christ be formed in them something that should have already taken place and when you come out of when you when you're when your mother gave birth to you and you came out, you opened your eyes. Not necessarily for the first time, but outside the womb, you opened the eyes. Well, the same is true spiritually as far as how God our Father teaches us. It's like we come out of who we are in Christ and the eyes of, of what we're supposed to do now with who we are in Christ. That's what's starting to get underway in Romans 8. Well, that's enough preparatory and priming uh, factors to look at. Look at Romans chapter 8. And again, look at verse 18. It says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Last week we talked about this, that there's something that we're going to see, we're going to feel and experience, and God wants us to operate upon something we don't feel that we don't see and that we don't necessarily experience and it's again the eyes of faith are open and the understanding of what god wants to get accomplished with us today get underway and we're just going to look at these things in, in the little detail that we can in such a short period of time but look at um verse 18 i'm sorry verse 19 he says for the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. And when you study out that issue of the creature and you go back to Romans 1 and see he brings it up there and see that's in uh, in comparison to, uh, not necessarily comparison, but uh, in accord with what God told the nation of Israel not to be involved in, the worshiping and serving of of uh, the, the creature, the creation, the, um, the four-footed beasts and creeping things and not make idols and things like that. Uh, you can look at Deuteronomy 4 and, and look at those issues. What the creature is, is the heavenly realm. 
both the animate objects and the inanimate objects. And this is the further explanation and amplification of the glory which shall be revealed in us that we need to come to understand that's going to guide everything that we do, that is going to be behind everything that we do. In other words, the things that we do are geared to a specific end. And when you have that understanding of the connection of this life to the life that is to come, that gives purpose, that gives value and profitability to everything that you do, every decision that you make, every place that you go. You do it in light of the Father's plan of his business. And the business is in regards to the creature. Now, the creature, again, is the heavenly realm, but notice how he describes the creature. Again, you have to look at this with the eyes of your understanding. You can't look in the heavenly realm and see that it's a creature. You can see that there's a structure up there, but even that's vague. But you have to look at this with the eyes of your understanding that what God our Father is trying to get accomplished is for us to understand what He's doing, what His objective is with us as His sons and daughters, and the glory that waits for us, the glory that we can be involved in, and the glory that we can avail ourselves of. He says, for the earnest expectation of the creature. Now, this creature can earnestly expect. You know, I always, when I think about earnestly expect, I think about my daughter. And I think about the things that we tell her are coming. Uh, we're about to go on vacation here in a couple days. And we tell her that, that we're going to go to Mimi and Papa's up in Michigan. And she earnestly expects it. It seems like it's not at least once an hour where she brings up Mimi and Papa's. It's on her mind. And she's preparing and she's getting ready for the trip, for when we're there, and and, and who we're going to spend time with and what we're going to do and what we're going to eat and where she's going to sleep. She earnestly expects. There's some intelligence behind all that. There's some thinking that goes into all that. And that feature and that characteristic is given to the creature. There's some intelligence to this creature. To the creature, I should say. And not only that, in verse 19 he says, it waiteth. It waits. Well, again, in order for something to wait, there needs to be some intelligence. If there's no intelligence, then it can't necessarily express waiting. If, if, if you're a plant, even though it's geniusly designed, and there's a process of time that goes by in order for a plant to grow, but it doesn't wait, that's an animation, that's an intelligent feature that we utilize in connection with specific creatures, whether it's an animal or um, more importantly, a human being. You can, you can tell a dog to sit and to stay, to, to basically wait, at least in some degree. And we do that all the time. We wait. Well, the creature waits. But notice what it waits for, for the manifestation of the sons of God. That's what he just said, that he's made us to be in Christ, his sons and daughters. And the creature is earnestly expecting and waiting. Its intelligence 
is geared towards and focused upon when we as sons become manifest or when the glory will be revealed in us. Our role is directly related to the creature and we know it to be the heavenly realm and we know that there's some intelligence in the heavenly realm and and you can connect the dots in regard to the angelic realm there's some intelligence up there not only of the holy angels but the devil and his angels and obviously what he would be speaking about here in regard to the creature would be the holy angels they wait for the manifestation of the sons of God verse 20 why do they have to wait and, and why are they earnestly expecting? Verse 20, For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. God, in response to some things, he subjected the creature to vanity, for it not to function and, and not to fulfill its purpose and the intent that's, that it has. It can't accomplish those things. But he also did that by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. He gave the creature a hope. And what is that hope? Verse 21, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption and to the glory of liberty of the children of God. Now, there's so many details that we can look in here. But what our main objective is, as we conclude here, is to see and to understand what God's plan and purpose is with us. And once that's grasped, and once that is seen with the eyes of our understanding, and therefore the light of these words penetrate our mind and our heart, it will be behind everything that we do. It, we will make decisions in light of God's plan and purpose with us to deliver the creature from the bondage of corruption. Well, we're going to take one more week to look at this issue and to deal with it in a little bit more detail and look at what our what our role is in the creature and to talk a little bit more about the issue of delivering the creature from the bondage of corruption. We'll do that, not next week, but the following week. And until then, look up. Thanks for joining Pastor Josh for this week's episode of Weekly Wholesome Words. Join him next week for another look into God's Word. Until next time, look up.